It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 scores. Scope, yep. Yeah. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Did Matt Peck yeah. get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't know. No. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got it. Matt, well, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Left side three. Remy. Remy. Got it. Levine, turn around, jumper up. Get it. Onions. Baby onions. Starts now. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you've got for us, 331-979-1369. Back for another episode here to take all your mailbag questions, all your voicemails. We got a lot of catching up to do, and with the offseason hitting and the drafts, what, about a month away? Very excited, and there's going to be a ton to talk about. But first and foremost, Matt, how are you, man? How you doing? What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Doing well. Uh, Looking forward to the weekend. Are we there yet? Uh, looking forward to uh, uh, interacting with some some people in our uh, in our inbox with some voicemails and some text messages today. Three three one nine seven nine one three six nine. Keep them going. I don't know what day or month we're on when it comes to the last time the Bulls played a meaningful basketball game. It's starting to feel a little bit like we're in purgatory, doesn't it, Jordan? <laughs> The only thing I remember about the last game was it was Kobe White's first start. That's literally the only thing I remember about the very last game the Bulls played it. And yeah, it just Bulls are undefeated when Kobe White starts, man. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is that is true. The only thing I'm sad about is we're not going to get summer league, man. We're not going to get those summer league games. He's a baller. Yeah, no, no summer league. Summer league was officially canceled. And and it sounds like winter league is not going to be a thing that happens. He's a baller. He balls. He- Damn, that's too bad. It's too bad because we always get exciting games out of that. You get guys who you wouldn't expect to just blow up. They do, and it's uh yeah, it's disappointing. But hopefully, it, hopefully it's only short term. Hopefully it's only a year or two of no summer league. And that'll make right that, back right back to it. That'll make that kind of money to give it away. Uh, let's get to our. Let's get to our Sold voicemails. condo yet, Jim? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I did see Joe Kim Noah put his house up in Bannockburn up. Uh, so I don't know if that's just a, hey, just trying to make some money on an investment that's been sitting there or if it's uh, bad news for a possible reunion here in Chicago, Matt. Well, um, yeah, I was obviously uh, devastated when I saw that news. Um and not looking to make money on an investment because as the Trib article talking about the listing noted, uh, it's on the market for $1.44 million right now. And he bought it uh, for $1.5 way back in like 2008. So, um, you know, 
housing market out in those wealthy suburbs, not nearly what it was uh, 10 years ago. Um, so he's looking to sell it at a loss. And he also used to have a place in Lincoln Park, but he, that was only for like a couple of years uh, towards the back end of his tenure here with the Bulls. He has since sold that as well. So this, uh, this, this is not great news, but I'm still not saying it's officially closing the table. Uh, or closing the door um, on a potential Joakim uh, return because he could always just rent a place in the city because like his his house out in Bannockburn that's one of those like super wealthy suburbs that was like somewhat adjacent to the Birdo Center back when the Bulls practiced there um, so that made a lot of sense that's where a lot of Bulls players over the years would have their you know big mansions in the suburbs were neighboring neighborhoods around where the Birdo Center was so now. With no need for that, a lot of today's Bulls players you see living in the city because their practice facility is across the street from the United Center. Yeah, you could always take it as Joe Kim Noah sold his two places to upgrade to one permanent spot, maybe more towards the city. And look, he uh, got a major payday since he's left Chicago. And using that $72 million he made with the Knicks, I'm sure he can upgrade. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's doing just fine. Uh, he, could, he could buy Jim Boylan's condo and get all the bad vibes out of that place. I'm not. I'm not. I, that is true. He could do that. Um, but yeah, we'll keep our eyes on that as far as offseason moves uh, to be made. But let's get to our text and voicemail line. Again, 331-979-1369, the place to hit us up. First voicemail goes 217. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Luke from Lincoln, Illinois. Long-time listener. Love the show. Hey, quick question. What in the hell is wrong with all these people complaining that we didn't get Doc Rivers. Are you kidding me? Are we forgetting that we thought it was a miracle that Billy Donovan even took a meeting with AK? If it was a, if it was that hard to get Billy Donovan to consider us and we were just shocked and, like, thrilled that that was even on the table, what in the hell makes you think that Doc Rivers wants to come here? And besides the fact, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Doc Rivers is a bad coach by any stretch because I'm not an idiot, but I don't think that it's like this, it's not like we're choosing between Boylan or Popovich. Like, I, I don't think that we're choosing either a good coach or a bad coach. I think they're both above-average coaches. They're both, I, I mean, I would say probably top 15. I don't know. Is that a stretch? Top 20? Coaches in the NBA? I I just think it's ridiculous. I can't believe people are, are pissed off that we didn't wait to maybe roll the dice on Doc Rivers. Get out of here. I'm with Luke, man. And thanks for the call. Like, Maybe you could be a little upset that Doc Rivers has a little bit more. He's got the obvious championship. He's got a little bit more pedigree than maybe Billy Donovan does. But I also think you need to consider Billy Donovan's track record even in college. I know college and and the NBA are two completely different things. uh, But still, Billy Donovan is considered a winner. I consider him a winner in my book. And look, Doc Rivers, we didn't know he was going to be available. So I, I do agree with Luke. Like, be happy with what we've got right now. Beggars can't be choosers, and we, as a Bulls fan base, we're definitely beggars. So we we can't. Don't start nitpicking things when you you just got a bunch of positives in 2020. And look, you can make the argument for Doc Rivers, but I don't know. I don't think he was going to choose the Bulls, even if the Bulls' job was available with all those other jobs, Matt. Like we had talked about with Will Purdue, I just I don't believe Doc Rivers says, yeah, you know what, I'm going to take the Bulls job over the 76ers job or the Rockets job, uh, two two teams that are already set up and ready, ready to make that push towards a conference finals or even an NBA finals. So I just I just didn't see it. Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Luke as well. I think 
it's just kind of wait it's wasted breath for those Bulls fans who were saying, oh, like, you know, we, we pulled the trigger on Donovan too quickly. We should have waited. Um, because I don't think that Doc would have been all that interested. Um, obviously, you know, taking the Philly job, he was lured to a place where yeah, it's kind of a, a strenuous situation, and there's some talk about maybe Simmons and and Embiid not being BFFs there, but it's still an underperforming team that's a perennial playoff team, and maybe that is something that Doc saw as more uh, appealing than he would have. Um, you know, flip side of that coin, devil's advocate, hey, maybe AK would have been able to pitch Doc the way that he pitched Donovan when nobody thought that he would be able to and that nobody thought that Donovan would be interested in the Bulls' job because he was leaving a perennial playoff team in OKC. Um, but again, I, I still think it's like, look, be happy that we got the coach who was the best candidate on the market at the time. Maybe if Doc was simultaneously out there, then you would say, okay, well, Donovan was the second best candidate out there. Um, that's not the case. And then that's also debatable. So the, and the other thing about some bullshit, uh, you know, like it would be great, you know, Doc's a great coach and the Chicago connection. Well, we could be seeing a Chicago person joining Donovan in the near future. Cause there's a lot of rumors going on around, about Mo Cheeks right now, uh, a guy who worked with Donovan all five of his years at the helm in OKC, a guy with Chicago roots. So maybe, maybe we'll get that, you know, that element that I guess some Bulls fans were caring about when it came to Doc Rivers. Are you going to play devil's advocate? Before we get to any other voicemails, let's uh, talk about Bilt Bar for a second. Bilt Bar has been an amazing sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Bulls for the past several months. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That goes along with their 12 original flavors we had been talking to you guys about. Some of my favorites include the peanut butter bar the banana bread bar and the german chocolate bar all bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate they're soft and easy to chew built bar is great for the healthy conscious guy or girl in your life lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low in calorie low in sugar high in protein and high in fiber they're fantastic for the keto diet one of my favorites like i was telling you is the peanut butter bar it's got 19 grams of protein 180 calories five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs it's the perfect way to get your day started if you're not a breakfast person like me or you're looking for something post-workout you don't want to cram you know the last thing you want to do is driving home from the gym is see a mcdonald's at a stoplight and be like damn i'm really hungry after this workout i'm gonna need to get it need to get myself a mcdouble or a mcchicken no no no, no. get yourself a built bar down that and you won't feel guilty and you won't feel like a piece of shit afterwards so get built bar builtbar.com Promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. And while supplies last, they will include a free cooler with your purchase. Again, you got to go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. Next voicemail up here. Let's go to the 815. Hey, guys. This is Jim from the 815. Um, I'm just calling with a hypothetical. Um, I've been thinking a lot about it lately since we're in the middle of this purgatory and odd offseason. Um, but I know that Jeremy Grant has a player option for next season. So I think it's for like $9 million And I was wondering what the chances are that you guys think he would decline that and become a free agent. And 
maybe the Bulls could go after him. They would have to. They don't have a whole lot of flexibility. I know they gotta. There'd have to be a lot of moving parts and pieces and all that. But I just wonder. Also, if he is able to play the three, and how you guys think he would fit in with the rest of the starting lineup? I mean, especially if you're gonna move Wendell or Lowry, I think uh, Jeremy Grant would be a really nice fit. I, I don't know if I'm crazy, but. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that. Man, I got to give Ron a ton of credit on this. Ron on Twitter, uh, Bulls Ron, who talks. He's been on. He's been pre- pretty prevalent over the last couple of years oh, on mean, Bulls uh, Twitter. You mean Coach Ron. Yes, Coach Ron. Coach yeah. Ron. He uh he was somebody who was on Jeremy Grant uh Jeremy Grant for a long time, like talking back like two years, and a lot of Bulls fans gave him shit for it too when he we was still in OKC and said he would be a perfect fit among this Bulls roster. Great two way player, athletic, can shoot the three. I was kind of wishy washy on him at the time, but now after I saw him play in the bubble, I'm like, damn, Coach Ron was right. He is a great player. I think if he opts out, he's getting paid and he's not coming to Chicago. Yeah, I think whereas a lot of players you will see opt in to their player options this offseason just because there's going to be a lot of uh, you know unknowns and players might feel the need to make their money grab when they can, when the, the cap is expected to maybe not dip down from what it was this past season, but flatten certainly. Um, and, and that will be, you know, kind of a like falsely propped up cap and the, the players along with you know, uh, governors of the teams are, are all going to be losing money uh, and players are going to be sacrificing uh, a certain percentage of their salaries to try and make up for all this money they lost this season. So, you know, obviously a player like Otto is going to opt in. Um, and there are other examples of that as well. Jeremy Grant might be among the, you know, uh, the select few who have a a case to to reason with themselves and with their representation. You know what? I'm in a position actually to decline this option, hit the market and be one of the most coveted free agents in this uh you know, weaker free agent class. And yes, a lot of teams are going to be thinking about keeping their wallets full and their books clean because there's a huge free agent class around the corner in 2021. Uh, which might actually turn into the free agent class of, you know, 2022 or whatever the semantics of that schedule are. But Jeremy Grant just played so well on a team that unexpectedly went all the way to the Western Conference Finals. He could get himself a contract that is, uh, you know, more befitting of his role than the $9.3 million that is his player option for the 2021 season. I think he could get annual salary higher than that on a multi-year deal if he declined that option and hit the open market. Would he want to come to Chicago? I don't know. Obviously, being a guy who played in Denver, he knows AK. There is a working relationship there. Uh, In in addition to Pat Connolly, um, if he is a guy who is the one or one of the few who gets lots of offers and, and courtship thrown at him this offseason, the Bulls might not have the best pitch there. And again, that goes back to a question that I was talking with Shanowski about. Do you think that AK's pitches to free agents will be as good as the pitch he made to Billy Donovan to be determined? The other thing that you have to think about is it, it logically makes sense for Jeremy Grant to be one of the few players to opt out of their player options because they can make more 
by hitting free agency this offseason based on the season they just had. There is also the possibility that Jeremy Grant looks at his current team in Denver and says, no, you know what? That's from conference finals. Nothing is guaranteed for the Lakers who are going to try and repeat. Nothing is guaranteed for the Clippers who fired Doc and are going to try and fix their disappointing season. But we've got Jamal Murray and we've got Nikola Jokic and we've got me. And if we run this thing back, maybe we can make it to the finals next season. So maybe Jeremy Grant is saying, you know what? I'm going to take that player option because I want to run it back with this team. We'll see. I think the best solution, if he's looking to get paid, opt out, take the money, and you can still find a winner too, I think. Uh, it's also going to, I think it's going to be a a discussion too about whether he feels he's a starter in this league or not because for the most part, he was coming off the bench split in time with Paul Millsap and also he had so a sort of a clog there too with Michael Porter Jr. In some lineups they were playing, they had him playing the small forward. I'm looking at basketball reference and he played 35% of his minutes this year at small forward. I just don't see it being a, a, a possibility for the Bulls. And two, also think about this, like where the hell is he going to play if he came to the Bulls? And why are you paying another power forward, a, a mostly dominant power forward to come to this team? Like you've got Markkanen, you've got Carter who's complaining about playing the center, wanting to play the four. You've got Luke Cornett still. Let's not forget, you still got Luke Cornett under contract for another year. What are you going to do with him? So you got a lot of big guys. You got a so I, I, dude. If if Jeremy Grant wanted to come play for the Bulls, I am not worrying about Luke Cornett. Like, but then you got to move him though. in the locker somewhere. Okay, that, that's fine. In a perfect world, that's fine to say. But you still got to find a trade partner for him. Are you willing to just say, "All right, screw it"? We don't have that. They, the Bulls don't have the money to say, "Hey, you know what, J- Luke Cornett? Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, we're just going to eat the money on your contract." I know it's not that big. It's only three million. But the Bulls don't have that money to to deal with that unless they make trades. Unless they make trades and they open up some of the salary on their books. But again. It goes back to how you're constructing this roster, where you're looking. And I mean, at, at top of the yeah. priority list, it's, Jeremy Grant is at the top of your priority list. I don't think so. Well, look, I mean, he is a, a I mean, I agree with our caller that he would fit in well with this Bulls team. And like, I'm talking about like, dude, play him at the wing. Like, you know, if <laughs> it sucks that, that we're in the position we are now without a Porter Jr., but I would, I would, Honestly, rather have Jeremy Grant in our bull starting lineup than Otto Porter Jr. right now. Um, maybe that's just based on the limited amount of work we've seen from Otto. Uh, and you and I have talked about the fact that, hey, he actually maybe looks like he's healthy and in shape for once when he was in Bulls minicamp. And wouldn't that be great if that translated into this next season when he's going to make $28 million? But, um, you know, I, Jeremy Grant might be one of the best options available on the free agent market this summer. This this summer, this offseason. But but I, you're not wrong to point out the lack of flexibility the Bulls have. Because as of right now, coming into the draft, the Bulls will have 12 contracts on their books of 15. 12 of 15, and then you're probably using that first-round draft pick, even if it's something that you're trading down. You're still going to draft somebody in the first round, and you might draft somebody in the second round. You might sign them. So, like... And the Bulls have a mid-level exception and a biannual exception at their disposal when it comes to adding fringe talent in free agency. So, yes, Jeremy Grant, not all that realistic. Um, But 
I do believe that AK is going to try to make some wiggle room where he can and make some moves where he can because everything that we have seen and heard from them suggests that they, you know, given how restricted they will be, they're still going to try to make some changes and shuffle this up now as opposed to later. Retool, not rebuild. So, you know, again, I'm saying I, I agree with you. I don't think Jeremy Grant is very realistic. Even if he does decline that player option and hits the free agent market, but never say never. To retool, not rebuild. Today's episode of Locked on the Bulls is also brought to you by Roman. It could be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves. But Roman is here to give you the advice you want and help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and completely discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash on and complete the online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash on to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash on. Matt, I just wanted to make one quick comment, too, about just following up on Jeremy Grant. I think it's the right idea in terms of style of player that you're looking to add this offseason. A guy that is going to play solid defense for you, kind of sure up uh, some of the disasters the Bulls had on that side of the ball. But you also need somebody who's going to knock down threes at a consistent rate and not force guys like Markin to just be a, a open three, sit at the corner and shoot threes the entire time and Especially if Kobe White's not knocking down his threes at the rate that we want him to, or same thing with Zach Levine or, or um, Otto Porter Jr. But I was also thinking about a guy like Jay Crowder. I don't know what his decision is is going to be with Miami, and I was just reading a little bit about him, and same thing with Goran Dragic, about their possible free agency. And one of the things Jay Crowder said is he wants sustainability, like he wants long-term sustainability so he wants to be somewhere for two or three years and have a contract that's going to be long term the heat don't look like they want to do that it looks like they want to sign guys to one-year deals and continue to ride this wave and see what happens with big time stars so that could play some trouble for Dragic and Crowder in terms of re-signing back with Miami those are two dudes that impressed me a whole hell of a lot during this NBA playoffs Matt and I would say if those guys become available, the Bulls should have conversations with either one of them because I think they both could fit with this team and the way it's going. And it's funny because like Dragic and, and Thomas Adoransky draw a lot of parallels for me. And so do Thaddeus Young and Jay Crowder. Like both of those players draw comparisons. So maybe maybe it's a, hey, let's look internally. Let's look at Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young and what can we get more out of both of those guys this year? And maybe those are maybe those are your guys instead of going out and signing an additional piece like a Jeremy Grant or a Jay Crowder or Goran Dragic. But if if you feel that Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young aren't those guys and can't contribute in their roles, 
then I would say go look at one of the one of the two of those guys. I just don't know how much they're going to cost. But I liked them, and I like what they showed with the Heat uh, throughout this bubble, and it it at least intrigues me as a part of adding that pieces to the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, I I think we could be optimistic that they can get creative to make some changes to this roster when, as we've mentioned, you know, there's not a whole lot of flexibility that they're going to have to work with because pretty much every team in the league is going to be in that situation. There are a couple of teams. Most of them are bad lottery bound teams that have some financial flexibility, like, you know, actual significant cap space coming into this off season. And none of them really look like destinations for free agents, um, even if there aren't any, you know, star-studded kind of free agents in this class, even the ones who are looking to, you know, make themselves a big contract because they just earned it as as a rising role player slash borderline star on a good team that just made an impressive run in the bubble, even those even those caliber of players may not be looking to go to like uh, an, an Atlanta or a or a Cleveland or or a Orlando kind of team. Um, all right, so Jordan. Let's go to our text line uh, for our next piece of mailbag. This one comes to us from the 702. Uh, this this one in, uh, is interesting to me because it combines two favorite talking points from Bulls fans recently, and that is trading down and getting back a certain player. So the 702 says, you guys have expressed your feelings about trading down. I've been giving it some thought and was wondering, how do you guys feel about trading back with Detroit for a pick and a player. If I was making that trade, I'd pick up either Okoro or Vassal and D Rose. Thoughts? Say the trade again one more time for me. Did they set up a trade? F- so, who are the Bulls sending and who are the Pistons sending? So, this person, our texter, is suggesting trading down. So, Detroit trades up to get the number four pick. The Bulls trade down and get the Detroit pick and also Derek Rose. I haven't taken a look at Rose's contract yet. So Derek Rose signed a two-year deal with Detroit last summer, right? And he is so he is under contract with Detroit for the 2021 season at 7.6 million. Hmm. I don't hate it, Matt. I actually I actually don't hate it. I think you need if you're allowing Detroit to move up and Detroit's in clear, like, we're going to rebuild. I think they're still looking for a, a trade partner in Blake Griffin if they can find somebody to unload him on. And we talked about him about a month ago, too, and if there's a possibility of something being worked out there. Uh, I don't know about the risks of the injuries and that stuff. And, like, again, it goes back to our conversation about big men and just too many on this team right now. But I don't hate that. Like, what's another piece from the Pistons that you've got to get back that makes it worth them moving up four spots because like D Rose in the number eight for the number four is not enough for the Bulls to say yes not even close to enough I think they got to get another young piece whether it be I know that they probably don't want to trade him but Luke Kennard Luke Kennard would be a piece that the Bulls probably would want off that team Sekou Dumbia would be another piece but then now you're talking about adding and trading multiple pieces away from our team and the Detroit Pistons having to shape and trade away multiple multiple pieces on their team as well. Uh, but any of those young guys on that Pistons roster map that makes sense that you could add to this deal that would sweeten it for the Bulls. Uh, I mean, I think I think the names that you mentioned are the ones that I would be interested in. You also have to wonder, and this goes back to what we were talking about, you know, in our previous episode about the uh, what the unknown of 
a lottery pick is is worth and how much it might be worth to a team like Detroit, who's just kind of stuck in this not bad enough to be one of the worst teams in the league and and not good enough to compete, even in you know the joke that is the Eastern Conference right now. Do they see that situation as being worth trading up for? And not only getting rid of Derrick Rose, who, yes, despite his age and despite his frequent injury issues, was one of their most consistent players last year. Like Derrick Rose, you know, he he was a he was a fringe starter slash bench player, but you know, a, as we heard from Kendall Gill all season, who would not shut up about it, like D Rose was very productive for them last year. Um, so where they are, I think they're more eager to get off of the the failed uh, Blake Griffin experiment than they are getting rid of a still very cheap, all things considered, and productive player like Derrick Rose, and is there a player that they see being worth trading up for to sacrifice not only him, but as you mentioned, maybe in, in addition to that, one of their young uh, young pieces on, on a rookie scale deal right now. I'm not sure if Detroit sees that as a viable option. We'd have to check in with our guy at Locked on P- Pistons and Matt Shook to ask him what he would think about this, but like... I would have to ask them what they would want in return for Blake Griffin. Like, is it is that just a dump deal or is it like, no, Blake Griffin has value. We need to get pieces back for him. I first at first look, it's a dump deal for me, at least. I know Blake Griffin has had when healthy, a really, really productive season and sort of transformed his game and allowing him to be more of a a first score, be able to shoot from the three at a consistent rate. But like just the idea that the injuries just continue to pile up for him and he's just had such bad luck over the last several years with injuries and bad timing be a guy that you'd be taking a risk on but he's only under contract for a year and he's got a player option in 2021-22 for oh my god 38.9 million dollars but again timeline wise it still goes along with the bulls would have their money freed up completely in the summer of 2022 to still chase big time free agents if they wanted to do that uh, this would be sort of a, hey, we're going to accelerate things real quick, see what we've got, and maybe putting another borderline star around Zach Levine can, I don't know, give us a chance to see what else Zach Levine has to offer, if that makes sense. He's never played alongside another star before consistently. So is there another level Zach Levine can get to playing alongside a guy like Blake Griffin? Uh, but back to like a more realistic conversation about trading for Rose I don't hate it, Matt. I don't hate it. And he's on a one-year deal, and if things go well, maybe you bring him back and he's your veteran third guard. And this is especially if you're letting Chris Dunn walk, right? Well, yeah. Um, if you let Chris Dunn walk, then your depth at that position maybe needs to be addressed. You know, Sato also has only a partial guarantee on the third year of his deal, so you could decide that you want to move on from him after the 2021 season. And, you know, like for for all the ways which Bulls fans have been clamoring and crying out for the organization to bring D Rose home. And, you know, you know, I've been staunchly against it. um, And I don't need to repeat my reasons for doing so. Uh, You know, the our guy, Casey Johnson, has stated repeatedly because he was asked about it. And I think a recent mailbag saying he thought that that window came and went. He thought that that window was last year when you know, still having a positive relationship with the Reinsdorfs um, and have, have having had enough time to heal 
after how he was hurt by the team trading him away and and proving that he could still play when when he got his you know his second chance in Minnesota that last year was was the opportunity that that was the window for D Rose to have that homecoming contract with the Bulls and they instead decided to sign Sadaransky um and give him more money than Detroit gave Derrick Rose so i mean and like i i don't i don't think you're off base to say the the terms of that hypothetical you're, you like are fine with you and like they i guess they would be fine with me to me i i don't see it as super likely um cuz as much as you know and i was talking about this on our last episode teams might be willing to trade up even in this week draft class because teams talk themselves into needing to go get that one player that they fall in love with and talk themselves into you're talking about four versus seven. The Bulls are fourth. The Pistons are seventh in the 2020 draft order. I mean, do the Pistons see somebody that valuable that they need to go get if the chalk picks of Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, and Wiseman are all off the board and there's somebody that they say, we got to go get that player at four? I mean, who is, is it Obi Toppin? Is is it, you know, Isaac Okoro, one of the names that, that our texter mentioned? I I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that that level of desperation might be there for a team looking to trade from seven to four. I think you're right. And they did a good job with Sekou Dumbia just drafting him over the last year. They did a good job developing Luke Kennard too. In the spots that Detroit has been in, I've given them some credit on the guys that they've been able to develop. And that's the same thing is like, uh, is Detroit banking on the fact that one of those top three prospects are going to fall to four. I think it opens up a ton of possibilities at that point where you're you're taking a gamble as a as a team in a smaller market in Detroit who is in the, this weird sort of, I don't know, purgatory like the Bulls were a few years ago. I think you're actually in a worse spot than the Bulls were a couple of years ago. But you got decisions to make and maybe they do want to gamble and put somebody next to Sekou Dumbia that they could build around and keep contracts cheap. But Detroit's another place that it's like, it's weird, man. They're going to have all this money to spend and nobody's going to sign with them. They're going to end up with second, third, fourth tier type players taking up a big chunk of money again. And I don't know if they're willing to do that. So the trade route would make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, like I'm open to it. I'm open to it if the Bulls are getting assets in return and Derrick Rose isn't the focal point of that trade. So the focal point of that trade is what other assets are you getting around pick number seven in order to make this juicy enough to trade back three spots? And what is Detroit trading up for? And those, are, I think, are two very, very good questions. And maybe we can get some more answers, too, out of the guys from Locked On. Uh, Matt Shook over at Locked On Pistons, maybe get his perspective on it. All right. Uh, yeah. So, Jordan, let's get out of here with uh, one more text message. This one comes to us from the 609. What's going on, Locked On fam? Hope all is well. Good Lord. As soon as I think I can relax a bit and breathe easy about my bulls, my anxiety spikes again. If they make some crazy-ass trade for freaking Harden or Chris Paul, ugh, I don't even I don't even know, but I'm definitely going to lose it. I'd so much rather watch these young guys than watch Harden come shoot 1,784 shots a game, flop and complain every night. No thanks. I'm good on Paul and Simmons, too, for that matter, to be quite honest. Levine, Carter, Kobe, Gafford, and what I hope is still the finisher. I think we have it, man. Maybe I'm too much of a dreamer, but I'd much rather bet on them and some savvy vets than to sell the house on a show-off that's not going to win us a chip. Let me know what you think. Wow. Some very opinionated stuff there 
from our 609 texture Jordan. Um, am I missing something? Are Bulls fans talking about going after James Harden right now? Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice to the point that he <laughs> broke down in tears and had to Dude. leave a couple of practices. Dude, don't I'll, even play that dude's voice on our podcast, man. I'll never, never, ever forget that. Where he got duped so badly and trolled so badly by people on Twitter. Congrats to all those trolls on Twitter because that was one of the few moments where I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard when I watched it on TV for the first time. When I saw that live, I was crying laughing. Uh, but, Dude. Matt, I saw this the, the other day. I saw this come by my timeline from, I think it's Fadeaway World. They have like 150,000 followers on Twitter, but they put out these most absurd trade requests and trade hypotheticals and James Harden was one of them they had James Harden being traded to the Bulls for Zach Levine Kobe White Lowry Markkinen and the Bulls first round pick this year I'm like who the fuck would do that and why the why would the Bulls do that like you have to be you have to be completely asinine and insane to make that type of deal like unless you believe Billy Donovan can get the can get another level out of James Harden that Mike D'Antoni couldn't couldn't do for the last what three or four years I just I don't see it and I would love to trade for, for a star believe me I would love to trade for a star but yeah you got to buy him all all in on Harden's way of playing and Harden's way of playing is shooting 73s a game as a team and that hasn't proved I mean, to be successful also who would he be playing with Luke Cornett, Chandler <laughs> Hutchison, right. and Felicio? Like, who's, who is he playing with? <laughs> oh, my you're God. Send, you're sending Houston our entire core for James Harden? Uh, and, oh, well, don't worry. The Houston Rockets are going to send back their their back five back five end pick in this first round, so you're going to be able to supplement it with a guy that maybe will work out to be in your rotation one day. So, yeah, it's just that's a good question. Like, who the hell is James Harden playing with? Unless you're building this to go two years from now where you sign somebody else next to him, but again, like, James Harden's only getting older, and the prime years are going to disappear, so if you're setting yourself up for two years from now by trading for a star, I don't know if James Harden's that guy, and like you said again, man, I just I don't know who he would be playing around. It'd be the same situation Houston's in, except worse. James Harden wouldn't have anybody around him. Yeah, uh, I, I would tell our texter, don't spend any time worrying about that because the likelihood, at least the way I see it, of AK making that move just because he wants to get a star here is slim to none. Like, I'm not saying I don't think AK is, is capable of swinging for the fences and making some big changes to this roster, uh, even in the first year. You know, when, when I was first making educated guesses about what AK would do in his first year at the helm, I thought he's probably going to, you know, just because of a lack of flexibility, bring back this same roster for the most part and try to figure out what went wrong with some of the young players and get them back on course, back in the right direction, and try to improve the team internally by getting them to play a better style that fits their, you know, fits their strengths, minimizes their weaknesses, and improve the players as individuals. But I think the you know the more time we've spent with AK at the helm uh, and some of the things we've heard from him, I'm starting to believe that there could be some big changes in the immediate future as opposed to the 
distant future. I'm not ruling it out, but something that drastic, just flipping our entire young core for a couple of years of an over the hill Harden who's yeah, going to literally play with like Hutch and Archie that I no, I don't, I don't think you should worry about that. Oh man. Again, I love James Harden. I, I would seeing him in a Bulls uniform would be insane. But like you said, we got to be a little realistic about who he's going to play around to and what your timeline is here too. So that's again, like you said, it's just Twitter throw people on Twitter board throwing the trade machine together and pu- piecemealing stuff together. Uh, I think I there think is. It was interesting though that that he threw Simmons's name in there. It was mostly about I don't want Harden. I don't want Chris Paul. I mean, those are two aging stars. Simmons is, is is a completely different category than saying you wouldn't want a trade to get the likes of a Harden or a CP3. And Jordan, I know Simmons is kind of your boy right now. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I do like Ben Simmons. I, I want to know what it's going to cost it cost the Bulls, but I also have to dig too to see if. Was there, I need to know if there was any struggle between Ben Simmons and Mark Eversley, too. Like, did they have a good relationship? Did they have a bad one? Whose relationship was better, him and Joel Embiid or him and Ben Simmons? Because you know for sure, you know sure as fuck, Mark Eversley's picking that phone up and making calls to the 76ers and calling our boy Elton Brand and saying, all right, what's it going to take to deal one of these guys if that's the route that you're going to go? I think there's also secondary deals with both of these teams to be made, Matt, in Houston and in Philly. I think in Houston, you could look at Eric Gordon. If you don't, I know that the contract is disgusting and you got to pay him for four more years at an average of about $17 million. But if you're looking for that vet to come in and come off the bench, be a shooter, that's a guy that you might target. And it makes some sense with the money if you don't feel like you can get that guy over the next couple of years. So Eric Gordon, I would look at Houston to do that. But Houston may not want to give up enough to make it worth the Bulls taking on his contract long term. Also in Philly, I know we kind of laughed it off the first time, but there's some pieces Philly's going to try to trade out of there, and I think you could squeeze them for one or two assets, too. Now it depends on who they're sending back to you. We laughed off the Al Horford trade, but that Al Horford trade was ridiculous about a month ago. If there's an Al Horford trade where he's coming to the Bulls, the Bulls need to get a lot more in return for that, because that contract is disgusting, too. Uh, but Josh Richardson is another piece, too, that I really like, and I think the Bulls could use a ton. So... Maybe there's some pieces that the Phillies that Philly is trying to save in terms of money and get other pieces that might fit Doc Rivers' system and playing around guys like Simmons and Embiid better than uh, having to go all in and figure out what you would have to deal for Simmons or an Embiid to land them here in Chicago. So I think there's secondary deals to be made between those two teams. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly uh, possible, and I would say more likely than a deal that includes one of Simmons or Embiid. Um, I think that they're going to try to fix whatever the issue is now that they've brought in Doc. Um, Because as much as people respect Brett Brown around the league, I think he was starting to lose whatever, you know, voice or authority he had in that situation. And there's some kind of rift going on right now with those two young stars in Philly. And obviously, Tobias Harris, a little bit of a disappointment compared to the huge money they paid him, which was the alternative to keeping Jimmy. Um, and, and Al Horford, just just a gigantic contract that y- you wonder, yikes, you know, like, uh, what are they going to do about that? Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting that, that that texter was like, oh, my God, James Harder, Chris Paul, please get out of here. 
And the same with Ben Simmons, because I was like, what the, what the, these, were, these are completely different categories of players that you're talking about here. It'll be interesting. Like, the, like this is what's going to make this offseason really fun, Matt, is I do think the Bulls are going to be very active. Now, active in terms of executing deals, that might be a different conversation, but active in terms of calling half the league and seeing what's available and what's not, I 100% believe that they're going to be in on on conversations and possible deals for the next several weeks, and you're going to see a lot more of these rumors being stirred, especially leading up to the NBA draft. Yeah, and for the record, I still am not uh, a huge advocate of the get Ben Simmons in a trade idea that I, I think a lot of Bulls fans are high on. Yes, he's an incredible playmaker uh, and 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 obviously a, a big uh, playmaker, which is becoming such a beautiful asset in this league. Guys who have size and the playmaking ability. But I'm sorry that I, I still have no faith in his shot. None, 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 none. And I crack up anytime you see a freeze frame of some team defending Ben Simmons when he's got the ball around the perimeter playing off the ball. I just... It's like there are playmakers that will come into this league. There are playmakers who are in this league who you could try and go out and get via trade, via sign and trade, via free agency, who do not have that glaring hole to their game. It's a good point. There's a lot of other guys that you don't have to fix necessarily. You go out and deal that would cost about the same Ben Simmons would cost too. And then you got to sign him to a long-term deal too. Um, But yeah, that's a good point. So keep that in mind too when you're thinking about these trades and deals and it's the best player if you're going to execute one of these deals for a, one of these top players that's going to become available this offseason. you got to find out which is the best and who you're getting value for right away and who's going to make an impact right away. And maybe they think Billy Donovan could could fix one of those two guys, whether it be... See, like, I don't think Embiid would be a good fit in Billy Donovan's system. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense thinking about the way he used Steven Adams, too. And maybe it's different. Maybe it's different with a different player, but... I don't think they got the best out of Steven Adams in OKC, uh, especially offensively. So I think if you're looking at one of the two of those guys, it's Simmons more so than Embiid. And I think Philly is probably on board with that, too. Maybe they want to build their team more so around Embiid than they do Ben Simmons. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Hit us up with your text and voicemails, though. All your trade scenarios, your hypotheticals, anything you've got for us, 331-979-1369, the place to do that. You can always hit us up on Twitter, too, at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.